What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. What's up, everyone? Thank y'all for joining me with Buzzing with Marlo. I am Warren Marlo. You're hearing the voice. You hear the noise. It is Friday. Let's make some noise. Hey, I hope everyone's having a good day. I hope everyone had a good week. 2020 is almost done, fellas. It is almost done. Let me say it again. Almost done. After all this craziness that's going on in our life, everything, go 2020 yourself, is almost out of here. So... I'm just glad everyone's doing well. I hope it's just being a great day. Hopefully it's not going to be raining out here in Florida. So, But today I will be joined with Thomas Aarons. Thomas Aarons I currently work with. Uh, we're going to talk about sports. Real good particular product of a sports. We're going to talk about basically does sports itself during COVID the seasons that going on during COVID, because obviously sports games and stuff like baseball, basketball stuff was really shortened to finish the season. Does it really matter this season? Does all that games that they've played, even though they played shorter games than what they're used to, the normal season, 82 games, stuff like that, does it really matter? Has it really showed or proof to be like, okay, they earned the World Series. Okay, this team is the Super Bowl winners. Like, all this stuff that have we really persuaded, they earned it. So, I mean, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the college playoffs. I am very excited to talk about this one because it has been a very heavily topic in my mind for a long time. I've been waiting to just find somebody and pick the brain on and just go with it and just see how, see where it flows on that. And we're also going to talk about does... This solidified Tom Brady. What I mean by that is Tom Brady is playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And right now, they are running hot. They are going really well right now. We're wondering, can Tom Brady do it without Bill Belichick? Can Tom Brady do it without Robert Kraft? So that's going to be the main topic we're going to talk about as well. And we're just going to talk about some just great sports history. And lastly... I'm going to throw a small little curveball to Thomas because I know he was a fan of professional wrestling for a long time. And we're going to talk about the good old stepchild of the WWE. So when we come back, we're going to be joined with Thomas Aaron. I'm joined with Thomas Aaron. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? 
That was a life treatment. Uh, you know, try not to die. But, <laughs> I mean, Florida just keeps getting closer and closer to the sun, so, you know. <laughs> What's up with you, man? You been hanging out good? Huh? So you been doing good? Oh, yeah. Uh, enjoying my, my freedom a little bit, even though I've had my daughter right now, and my daughter has now got the invention of walking and basically wanting to be in it everything on the planet. So, yeah. I'm afraid to blink sometimes because I feel like Annabelle's already five steps ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing about being a parent is you get to deal with all that. Alright, man. Explain to me a little bit about yourself, bud. Uh, there ain't really much to do. You know, trying to live the American dream, buy houses I can't afford, uh, work away at Walmart, you know. Oh God! Gotta love that place. Nah, man. Yeah, you know. Like I said, like man. I mean, it gives everyone a good lifestyle to an extent. Uh, obviously, you gotta be careful with the choices you do on expenses. I am not always gonna say that I'm perfect at that either. But all I try to do is just make the best of it. Like I can give my family a good lifestyle, especially with what's going on in the world right now. It's actually oh, yeah. a blessing to have what we have because in reality, there's not any that much or behind. So that's probably the way to put it for there. <laughs> so um, what I was going to ask you is this. Tell me some backstory because uh, I know you're a heavily big uh, Denver Broncos fan. Uh, oh, yeah. I know you're a big Florida State fan. Yeah, we had some great encounters back in the day. So, <laughs> the yeah. times that y'all beat us seven times in a freaking year in a row for seven years. Uh, I remember yeah. those days. That was definitely uh, good while it lasted. Uh, <laughs> them days are long ago. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy to believe how serious back then, like, if you keep hearing, like, back then, it's like, Miami Hurricanes took over in college football. And then around the time also is Florida State was really held in. And then obviously when they went to the ACC conference. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean they, they won one out of date, but the other two was with Tebow. So you can't really, uh-huh. you know, so I mean, like Miami, they were, they were wrecking all the way through the 2000s and early 90s and or late 90s, and Florida State was, you know, 90s, and then later on, and when we won a championship in 2013, but uh, if Florida had Tebow, and, and Tebow was nasty, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, if you look all around, I think I think Miami and Florida State all together have the better, the overall better recruiting uh-huh. as far as going on and doing something and going to the Hall of Fame, and it's like, you can't take it away from Miami. They have multiple multiple hall of famers and uh, i mean it sucks to say but miami was they're good but not lately <laughs> hey yeah. as long as we're beating florida state i mean it gets to a back and forth thing i it's i've gotten to the point where i'm not even paying attention to any backstory where i go oh yes we are so anxiously ready for this season we have signed a new coach and i'm just sitting there like 
if we keep changing all these coaches like we do every year, we're never going to improve. We're never going to be able to adjust to one game play because if you have five different coaches in three years, you're not going to expect really big difference. Uh, I mean, it. Florida State's in the same boat right now anyway because, I mean, we went Taggart. I mean, Jimbo, that, that one hurt. Jimbo uh, going to A&M, that hurt. And then, you know, we pick up Taggart, you know, and I speak on all Florida State fans. We were pretty stoked on that. And because, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's the first time we ever went out and marketed a quarterback in decades because we, we went Bobby to Jimbo. So, I mean, Jimbo was our yeah. offense coordinator, so we went straight from Bobby – and, I mean, they did Bobby dirty, but he had to go. And we pulled Jimbo in, and Jimbo won a championship. And, you know, then A&M, they're like, hey, we got more money to give you. And, obviously. So, we went and marketed Taggart. And, obviously, that backfired. And now uh, Norvell. And, I, you know, I was excited to see what he's going to do, but, any sport right now that wins a championship, whether it be baseball, hockey, basketball, any of these, they're going to have a star beside their name. They're going to have, uh-huh. you know, there's going to be that, you know, this season really didn't count. They only Baseball only played 60 games. Basketball, they played inside of a bubble. You know, football, you know, is there's always going to be the question of a shared champion. Like, oh, you know, did you win? Did you play the 82 games? Even hockey right now the way they're doing uh-huh. it. And, and what sucks is that, like, the Avalanche, man, I'm a diehard Avalanche fan, is that Avalanche was playing, you know, balls to the walls. They're playing awesome. And they're still playing good, but, you know, can you count this as a championship season? Because you, you, added, you added teams in, like, the hockey, you added teams that wasn't going to be in the playoffs at all. So, mm-hmm. and, I mean, that's cool because you're giving, you know, all the other teams a shot. But even in college right now, you ain't playing out-of-state games or out-of-conference games. You know, ACC is playing ACC and SEC is playing SEC. Well, you know how much the board sucks off the SEC. So, is it going to be, you know, you're going to have three teams in the SEC going to the championship just because they love the SEC so much? Or are they going to be fair with it and be like – In my way, I don't want to cut you out on that because that's a very good way to just go on with this. Uh I believe if they're doing it this way, they should have a, a team that's representing each conference. And exactly. that's how you do the playoff pool. And give the exactly. Pac twelve a chance. Give the big the Big Ten. All these all these conferences, I say we have one team represent them all. I think that would make a very good role with it. And honestly, as a longevity standpoint for this playoff that they always want to acknowledge every time. I think that will give it a great rep in there because, I mean, yes, you're going to have the people that are going to go, SEC is better, ACC is this, all this. But just look at the results. Uh, when we see when we see Ohio State play somebody, do we really see Ohio State playing somebody or is it just like Ohio State's playing a pushover? Like, exactly. Like, well, look, you look at Notre Dame. Uh, they put Notre Dame in the playoffs and they put them in a championship. Because they're out, you know, all other sports, they're in the ACC, but they won't play ACC in football. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they put them in a championship and they embarrass themselves against Bama or they embarrass themselves 
in the playoffs. Like, because are you – and I think the playoffs should have been like this from the get-go. You know, oh, yeah. you shorten the regular season, um, and then you take uh, – Mike Leach had a great system he did, but uh, you, you shorten the season a little bit. You're still going to make the money from the bowl games, and you take, you know, the ACC championship – and you let the two ACC teams play, and then they play, you know, the Pac-12, and then the SEC plays the Big Ten, and then the WAC. Even you could throw the WAC in there too, but then you have your ACC championship versus your SEC champion. It's like you have the best of best, and I'll be one and done games. And I mean, you're not losing money. If in the long run, you're probably making money. But I think this year, if they do it that way, that will show a uh, that could give a big, you know to see how it could go. So they have a great opportunity. That would be a good trial run. That would be a good right. test run. I've always have- said, because they have so many colleges out there, I've always said, why don't we just do it like how they do the March Madness? Do one month of them oh, all yeah. playing nonstop games because there's so many teams, there's so many conferences, and literally just let them all play and just do it out like that. I never thought it was going to be smart to just level down with as many colleges as they had and just say, okay, we're going to put four teams in. This is when they first did the playoffs. We're going to put four teams in, and that's it. Yeah. And obviously you had so many fans upset. You had so many conferences upset. You had so many colleges going, hey, why did we play a whole season if you're not even going to put our team in this thing? Like, we deserved it better than this team. Like, it was just a back-and-forth conversation. And then, obviously, they said, okay, we're going to do 18. Uh, I still believe it should not be that big of a politic game. I believe it should be literally based off the results of how you're playing, based off of your win record and your losing record. And, obviously, yeah. we're going to look at it and go, okay, if you lost to somebody, how bad was that team that you lost to? Or if it's a real close-and-close close game – then it'd be like, you know what? Let's play them in another bubble game and say the best out of this game will get put in that pot. Like just stuff like that would make it so much better. And I and like you said, they would not lose money that way. And uh, <laughs> I, I, it's crazy to believe how they do stuff like this because nine times out of ten, how the boards are, they're gonna be all SEC. I mean, SEC does have very good teams. But oh, yeah. like how we said, you've got the Pac-12, you've got the Big Ten, you've got the Sun. I mean, it, it, all these conferences, there is still teams that are pretty well caliber to go against teams in SEC. Some teams that could go yeah. definitely go against the ACC. Yeah, that's like I said, the SEC West has good teams. Uh, mm-hmm. The East, they're, they're trash. I mean, you got. I mean, other than Georgia that finally stepped up. For the longest run, you had Missouri that came in and went to the SEC championship, and that just shows how weak the SEC was. And I know all your all your listeners and stuff that Gator fans are going to hate me and say I'm biased. Well, I kind of uh, am. But I'm I mean, Miami, this... so I'm pretty sure they're not going to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, well, that's like uh, what was it, 2005 when uh, Kellen Moore was at uh, Boise State. Dude, they had a great run. They was like 20 – and I know it's Boise State. Don't get me wrong, and I know that. But they also beat Georgia. They also beat Ohio State in one year. And they made it all the way to the – number uh, number two, all the way to the championship. And then at the very end, they voted them out 
to the number three, and they went on to win their bowl game. And, I mean, they had a a chance to do that. So if they could just tweak it a little bit, man, where they could just make, you know, you know, just make it fair. Whoever has make it fair to everybody because I mean, all because you, your uh, strength of schedule is a little bit worse than another person. Then and I, and I can see where they're coming from, but why not give Boise State a chance that's undefeated? Why not you know give this team that's right there like Penn State or somebody an opportunity instead of taking Notre Dame? A big that, team, I would say, is UCF. Uh, UCF, I mean. They lived up to the hype for a while. And uh, yeah. like how we said, two years straight, undefeated. And they still yeah. did not have an offer to go into the playoffs. That was and the I, one thing I was blown away on. I was like, you go two years without losing a game. Two years. And they're still saying, you're not worthy. Like, if that's the case, why don't y'all take a stand, talk to the coaches from UCF and go, hey, let's figure out a schedule to get y'all known. Let's get a schedule to where we know it can make y'all or break them. And obviously, yeah. they lost that one game. They're like, oh, the hype is done. But still, like how you said, make it fair to every team. Because, I mean, yeah, a bowl game is nice, but it's a bowl game. Like, that's basically – in my, in my opinion on it, I think it's called a participation award. And obviously, there's a lot of people that are probably on the same level as I would say on that. They do not yeah. like the bowl games. They it's do just, not like. It's just money. All that yeah, is, it's is. it's a way for around and make money. I mean, because if you knew, if you knew my, because you're playing way out of state conference games, so or way out of conference games. So if you knew Miami is playing, you know, Oregon or Texas, somebody in Jacksonville, you know, at the Sugar Bowl, or whatever, you're gonna go or the Gator Bowl. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna go. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's nothing but a tourist attraction, and and you've seen it with you've seen it lately with the the athletes. They go to the bowl game if they're playing for the draft. They don't even play in the bowl game. They opt out of it. Yeah, because that's how much the bowl game means. It means nothing to them really. It don't go on your overall record. It don't go. You have a trophy at the end, but like I said, it's a, it's a thanks for playing the season. You get an extra game. Kind of thing, and uh, I would like to say the Rose Bowl, I think, is a little bit bigger. I mean, obviously, like how we say the yeah. Gator Bowl, stuff like that, those we have meaning to them, they have history to them. But say, like the Tostitos Bowl and all that stuff, yes. Now, but when we go to like the Chick fil A Bowl, stuff that's known, I can say, yeah. okay, maybe make that be like in the playoffs. Make yeah, that yeah, be like, okay, like, if you make that playoff win, then obviously guess what? You just won the Chick-fil-A Bowl, but guess what? Now you have a chance to get bigger and more and more. I think that would yeah. actually get more attention to the games and be like, oh, wow, like, oh, this is heating up. Like, they're the Chick-fil-A Bowl champs or whatever, but now obviously they got a chance to go and do more and more. I believe to that extent, yes. But, like, one of the bowls that Miami played, I think it was all the way freaking New York. I call it the toilet bowl because I was just like, what the heck? Like, yeah, neither, nah. of these teams, <laughs> neither of these teams should be, you know. And, and that's like, you got teams that were on the verge of even going 500. You know what I'm saying? Or these, these really bad teams and they're giving them these opportunities and it's like, you know, you're letting them travel to New York and 
if you're going to do that, let it mean something, even to the kids. Like, you know, make it in the regular season or shut the, mm-hmm. shut the season short, give them an opportunity, say, all right, look, you know, y'all, y'all are number two in the Coastal and y'all are number two in the Atlantic. Let's mm-hmm. see who could get it. And then you go on from there, and that's like saying, if you cut the season short, I mean, you're still open up with your teams that you're paying the money to, like little teams like Citadel and uh, ULM and all them. Like, mm-hmm. still have like, one, like, start out with that game. And then from there, you play your division and then you're out of state or they're out of conference, right? And um, then you go in straight into the playoffs. So, you know, you play nine games and then go straight into the playoffs and then play your games in there. And you could still call them your bowl games. You know what I'm saying? You could still call them your That's, all state. And so, I feel I mean, like they would get more money that way, too, because. It shows more attention to it because obviously the playoffs teams that are in the playoffs you're gonna want more attention to. Uh, like if you watch these little bowl games, how many if they really looked up all the rating wise for TV ratings and stuff? If say like if I had a bowl that said for the plumber bowl or whatever, how many yeah. ratings do you really think people are really gonna sit there and watch this <laughs> game? Regardless if it's gonna be a good game or a bad game, you're just gonna sit there and go. Why? Why are they doing this? Like, obviously, their number one quarterback is not playing because he said, I'm not risking it. To say, like how you say, go in the draft and stuff. These guys that you look to watch are not going to play in these games because it's like it could cause them to hurt themselves. And it's like, oh, man, now it messes up their, their uh, run up to probably be in the draft as the number one pick or something like that. It's just simple yeah. stuff like that. And that's where I'm just like, Obviously, that could change easily. Like, that's the easy fix. Like, that shouldn't really harm them or hurt them in any way. They just be like, okay, let's let's fix that. Now, if it's like some of these D2 and D3 schools like that, I think they should keep that type of scenario for that because, obviously, money is a lot tighter in those type of schools compared to teams we watch that you can play on video games and stuff now. So, I mean – I think that scenario, yes. I've always said that I wish they would do it like how Marsh Madness is, just because it's an all-out war. It's basically everyone for themselves. And, yeah, uh, and you're playing for a reason. You're playing to move exactly. on. You're playing to get to that championship. And you're going to see a different kind of level. Like, you know, if you come out and, you know, say you got a rough schedule and you come out and Bama's your first team and then you got to turn around and play Georgia and then you know you got then you got to turn around and go fly down to Oklahoma and play them like decent teams and you lose your first two games you're already out 100 percent you're you're gone I mean there's no there's no room for forgiveness like an NFL you know you can lose what what the Giants went to the Super Bowl and they was like seven and nine and squeaked into the wild card and made it to the Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady like it could happen I mean all because you lost games don't mean that you can't win the big one. And yeah, if you if you did it that way, you're going to open up a whole opportunity for these kids to, you know, show show up and show out. And because yeah. like I said, if you lose two games, you're done. So then you're playing for a bowl game. Yeah. And you tell them, you know, hey, you can lose two games and still make it. They're going to, you know, keep trying. Unless you're Ohio State, for some reason, Ohio State can have six losses and they're. Mm-hmm. I understand Ohio State. They're 
I'm surprised they ain't moved to Ohio State to the SEC as much as the board sucks him off too. But you know, he just don't. <laughs> hey, that's the one thing I love about the podcast, man. You can just state your opinion, <laughs> and obviously, you ain't got somebody from Ohio State going, "Oh, you jerk." But it's like they, you, can, you can still have your point thrown out because it's not there. Don't interrupt me. But uh, I totally agree with you on that. And uh, one thing I've always said with this thing too is. How many times have we watched March Madness? And this is one great example I would love to put out. How many times have we watched March Madness and you can never predict who's going to win the tournament, regardless of how their record is, regardless of how they've been playing that whole season? I can't tell you more than five of those tournaments that literally top-ranked teams have won recently. Oh, yeah. You have you always had – You've seen some teams from UTEMP and stuff like that. Like, how would you have expected a team from UTEMP or wherever these schools are to win that? Because they got a chance. They went and played all of them, played every single one of them, not just single them out and go, okay, we're going to just play this for for a watch. Like, winners get a watch, whatever. Like, you're not going to want to play your heart out. But you got something to prove. You And in a way, it brings more revenue to that team brings more revenue to those things. And it even gives a better headline on Sports Center and stuff like this because you go, wow, University of St. Mary's just beat Duke University, just beat Alabama or something like that. You would bring so much revenue and so much more eyes to it. And it doesn't look projected. It doesn't look like people are easily picking out teams and going, okay, I like this person. Right. Because it's people that you don't expect. And well, shit, I feel it was like, like it was what two years that's ago. One thing I will say on that, man, it's like with wrestling, people say so much stuff about wrestling, like, oh, it's predetermined stuff like this. Yes. Because now the way wrestling is, we know so much backstory. It goes to the part where you just don't need to watch it anymore because you already know what's happening. I feel like that has happened with football lately. I feel like oh, that's happened with any sports now lately. If we, I believe we, we use this thing right now. Yes, we're not playing in front of fans and stuff like that. I believe if we really just went back and go, you know what? Whatever we're doing needs to be changed. Whatever we, whatever we, we've got right now, let's, let's switch it up. Because right now, we're in a generation now. It's like we're at a time in our lives now. It's just like something new has to happen. Because now... We're not just going to turn our TVs on and watch a regular game where there's no fans or something like that. I mean, it's yeah. really hard to watch. And it's, it seems uh, unfair. It seems unfair to some of the teams too, because you know you're coming mm-hmm. in. Nick Saban is going to get your recruits, and, and as much as I hate to say it, Dan Mullen, and and watch Dan Mullen. That dude is a hellacious coach. You watch mm-hmm. Dan Mullen. He's going to be getting a bunch of recruits. A bunch of recruits are going to be. We had Cook. He he left us and went to Georgia because he's seen Georgia on the rise. And you have these teams, especially Bama and Clemson, like them two, they've been at each other's throat. And it seems unfair to these other teams that, you know, all because Bama and LSU and Clemson and these other teams, well, I can't really say LSU because LSU, they, they just played a hellacious season. They, uh, they, they had one of the best season, uh, best rosters I've seen on them in a while. Oh, dude, that wide receiving core, along with that running back and that quarter and Joe Burrow, man. When like, they, 
I remember when I told you when they got that quarterback. Because remember when they headlined Miami versus LSU? I was excited yeah. about it, but I was scared because I knew they just got that quarterback. I knew that guy was – he had something to prove. And you could tell from that game, it was just like, what the heck? Like yeah. Miami yeah. just was not there, not prepared. And that was one of our play against LSU. And that's even the sadder part. Like that was the team that we projected that, oh, man, we're going to make it to the playoffs that year. So, I mean, that quarterback from LSU just put a different backstory on that. Even with them young guys, that quarterback had so much experience, and he had something to prove. He knew that he had to have something. It was going to make him or break him. Yeah, and he, and he did yeah. it. I mean, is he going to go to NFL and talk it? Uh, no, I don't, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's – because I didn't think Lamar Jackson was going to – which I think that they're going to figure Lamar out because they did the same thing with uh-huh. RG3. They did the same thing with Colin Kaepernick. They did the same thing with Vince Young. Like, these more running style quarterbacks, the coaches – They figured, don't last long. They, the coaches figure them out. Like, when Colin Kaepernick came into the league and he ran that read option and he took San Francisco to the Super Bowl, and you've seen it against Green Bay. Like, they couldn't stop it. The following year, they played Green Bay again, and they stopped them every single time. You cannot run in the NFL and be a healthy, long, perspiring quarterback. If you look at the, you know, if you look at the pristine quarterbacks, they're all pocket passers: Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Even when you go back to Dan Marino, you go back to even Terry Bradshaw. They're all Big Ben. They're all stand-up pocket passers. Russell Wilson is a different breed. He can run and he can pass really good. So. I'll take Russ out of that. But other than that, Vic Vic was on a different level too. Cause Vic was the Michael Jordan of running yeah, quarterback. You could I, know where he was running and you could load the box up. One. Yeah, you could load the box up and he will literally stop and run the other way and still beat you. And then he had an arm enough to if you seen somebody downfield, he's throwing it. And he's gonna throw it seventy yards. So I mean I'm not going to say it's impossible, but improbable. That I mean, and I could be wrong because even if you look at Patrick Mahomes, he throws more than – I was about to say, Patrick Mahomes is dang near as good as Russell, I think, now. Yeah. Because he's actually showed that he's got a little bit of running in his game now, too. Because yeah, he's kind of slimmed down a little bit this season. And you could tell, like, he, I, the one thing I'll say a good thing about some of these quarterbacks is when they go into the league, Obviously, they're working on their game. Like, say, like Tim Tebow for a good example. Tim Tebow was known to run in college football. That right. was that was what he was known for, and that's where he got his stats and stuff. Now, when he went to the NFL, they told him, "Okay, you got to change that up. You got to change your throwing, whatever." And yeah. obviously, it was a real tough task for him for a while. And uh, and like how you say, running quarterbacks don't last that long in the NFL. But like Patrick Mahomes. He, he had an extra backstory. He had an extra weapon when he proved that, hey, I could run and throw at the same time. And that's like Russell Wilson. I mean, it's just you got to change it up. You can't just depend on running all the time because nine times out of ten, that's going to put you on the injured list, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to decrease the value of the player, in my honest opinion. Yeah, and it don't hurt that Patrick has, you know, one of the three top tight ends in the league or 
the fastest wide receiver. I'm trying to make him look really good other than trying to throw that in there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got the fastest wide receiver in the league in Travis Kelsey. You're 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 a good set. Uh but don't take it away. Patrick Mahomes, he's a hellacious uh hellacious quarterback. And I, I can't take that away from him. I wish Denver had him, obviously, but you know. <laughs> We're about to be rebuilt. I wish y'all still kept Tebow, honestly. I get it, y'all won a Super Bowl with Peyton, but I really believe about another year or so, Tebow would have been the franchise for him. And, and I don't believe it to this day. Oh, and as much as I hated Tebow, I 100% agree. Like, I wish they would have kept Tebow and played Peyton because obviously you see how Brock Osweiler played out. Um, uh-huh. You know, we thought Brock was going to be the guy. And he, he showed good potential and everything. But Tebow, you know, we went in, we had Kyle Orton. We went 0-4. We put Tebow in. He won, like, eight straight or something like that. And we got to the playoffs, and we beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs, which is a very hard team to play in, in a playoff. And, you know. Did y'all to lose that game badly, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, we went to overtime, and he hit DT on a, you know, 10-yard slant, but, and he took it to the house. But still, Tebow put us in that position. Now, now the next week, we went to Foxborough and got embarrassed. But that was Tebow's first, you know, start in year. And obviously, you're not going to pass Peyton up. So if you have the option between Tebow and Peyton, you're taking Peyton. You're taking a broke neck Peyton every time. But in the and same, he had a broken finger. But because I mean, he's been there, and I think that's what they saw it. But but here's a great example with uh, Belichick. Well, everybody's knowing the backstory now is Belichick didn't want Brady for about two years now. Yeah. Two years, he's been like, hey, I'm ready to get rid of him. And Brady's just sitting here like, why? Why? Like, what's up? What's up? And then when we look, Jimmy G, Jimmy G's exactly. in, the play, in the Super Bowl with and Frank, Robert, and Frank. Yeah, Robert Kraft destroyed that dynasty because of his ego and his relationship with Tom Brady. Because Belichick wanted Jimmy G to take over. 100%. He already said it. He already had it out there. And Robert Kraft made a decision to send Jimmy G off because he knew if he would have stayed, he was going to get the starting position over Brady or Brady was going to get traded or something like that. And mm-hmm. Robert Kraft did not want that. And, I mean, as in Robert Kraft's defense, Brady brought you six Super Bowls. Now, yeah. this is the big question, and this is the question that hopefully this year, if we have a season, it gets answered. Is it Bill Belichick? or Because – my opinion, I love Peyton Manning, so I'm obviously towards <laughs> that wing. But in my opinion, if you look at the quarterbacks that played under Bill Belichick, last time Browns went to his uh, playoffs, Bill Belichick was the head coach. Yeah. When Matt Castle got a big contract for Kansas City the year after uh, – yeah, Matt Castle got the contract with Kansas City the year after he played under Bill Belichick in New England. Uh, Doug Flutie was a great quarterback under him. Tom Brady comes in. Uh, Jacoby Brissett comes in. Jimmy G comes in. And they just flourish under him because Bill Belichick knows how to play call. And mm-hmm. so this whole six rings – and don't don't take it from Brady. Brady, he got him there. You know, he did his five, ten-yard passes. That's all uh, he the one thing I'll give him props on, I can't stand Tom Brady. I still believe they robbed Jacksonville three years ago, and I will always believe that 
Miles Jack was I mean, that was that was our year. I honestly believe it to this day. That was our year. But Tom Brady, the biggest thing I will say about him is he could take a nobody decent, just a decent player, and make them a huge playmaker. Um, oh, 100%. 100%. Because you they, don't see that. You don't see that in the league. And that's no. one thing I can give. And that's where I believe, yeah, maybe in reality, he might be the GOAT. Like, I honestly could believe for that scenario, yes, he could probably be. It pains me to say that. The greatest of all time. I yeah. absolutely despise Tom Brady. I absolutely despise when they made that super team. And I was so high. When even though Randy Moss is probably in my favorite categories for wide receivers, so happy when Randy Moss and him lost the Super Bowl because yeah. it's just like you like it, like how I use in wrestling. That's our biggest heel. Like Tom Brady was the most hated in the NFL. Like you watch the shows just to see who could beat Brady, and yeah. I and I mean it, it's this- crazy to this day just to believe just all the players that he's had. Like, did we really know the Gronkowskis and stuff like that before he went to the Patriots? Like, did we really know all these guys? And, and it's like, and that's, Tom Brady. And that's when you Tom take Brady made him. Yeah, that's when you take Peyton Manning. That, And then this is the argument that, because obviously you're going to have your diehard Bradys and your diehard Mannings. This is my argument with him. Yeah, Brady went, uh, Brady went to, what, 8-1-6. Peyton went mm-hmm. to 4-1-2. But Peyton went to four with two different teams and four different coaches. So, yeah. and look, I'm a diehard Broncos fan. The last year, Super Bowl 50, we should have not have been there. We should have not have been there. We should have not. I hate, I hate to put you under on this one, but Peyton did not play good at no, all that I, I, Trust me, I watched the games. I watched Peyton. He got benched for Brock Osweiler. And then, obviously, the San Diego game, they bench Oswald, bring Peyton back, and the hype is there. But this is another thing that's kind of controversial when it comes to football and NFL is that – so, this is my stance on it. All these big names that's had their last go, Ray Lewis, uh, Peyton Manning, and there's been a couple other, their last year in the Super in – in the playoff – or the NFL in the league, they won the Super Bowl. Like uh-huh. – that Ravens team, no way Joe Flacco does that. No way. You know what I'm saying? There's no way, man. And then Denver, Peyton Manning, the way he played. And, and, and we had a hellacious defense. Don't get me wrong. With DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller, Keeve, and Chris Harris, yeah, it's just plausible. But the way Peyton played, improbable. Because we did not, we did not play to Carolina's standard that year. Carolina was on a different level. We to Pittsburgh's standards that year like we did not we did not have a good season i'm pretty sure we skated in in the in a in the acc or afc uh i don't even think we i don't, well, I don't even, we got second seed that year and uh you know we skated in by our coattails but like i said man i'm diehard bronco i'm gonna i'm gonna love until i die but i mean that year no nah, that don't happen and i say that in the same instance Eli did beat Brady in the playoff in the Super Bowl twice with a, with a uh-huh. miracle throws. You know, there's always a little, and that goes back to the whole thing of there's always an underdog that can do it. 
So, oh yeah, and I like how you said that though. What you say about Peyton, I agree with you on that, but I feel like this year that could probably stop. That could probably change your mindset on that as well because if Brady wins it with the uh, with the Buccaneers, there's no one there. I yeah, I have to say that because. You got a returning. You got a person that's coming out of retirement after two years, coming out to be like, "All right, I'm playing with my quarterback. I'm yeah. playing with the guy that made me." I mean, that's got to show respect a little bit because with me and as a professional wrestler and stuff like that, I knew Gronkowski was going in that type of scenario. I knew he was about to go into that and make double of what he made in football. Oh yeah, because that's what usually nine times out of ten what. NFL players do either they do something like that or they're gonna be in the backstory of doing like college Probably. football or something like that. Yeah, like those are the things that they're gonna do. So that's gotta tell you how big this return this comeback has gotta be for Brady. Because Brady's pissed. Yeah. Uh, Brady feels betrayed. <laughs> I feel bad when New England plays him. Yeah. And well, I and I hate saying this because I am not a Tom Brady fan at all, but this actually gets people excited to be like, oh, man, what's Brady going to do? What's, yeah. Brady, what's the Brady we're going to see this year? Is it going to be the Brady that goes, oh, my gosh, they hit me and I broke my nail? Or is it going to be like Brady's going to be bleeding out the mouth almost every game because he's given every lounge, every last drip of sweat he has to play in that game? And I, I, I think, feel like that's the Tom Brady we're going to get this year. And I think Brady knows he has to prove it. Like I think Brady knows this is oh, the yeah. year that, but and he's got he's got Mike Evans and Godwin and I think Lashawn McCoy just signed with him, so he's got a. a yeah, very, so. I was I was shocked when I saw that add on. I was just yeah. like, you got to be kidding. So and I mean even with Gronk returning and and if OJ Howard stays healthy, I mean there's a there's a there's an offense there. Defense, you know, Vernon Hargraves, I think if he's still there, but even Shaquille Barrett, uh, he led the NFL in sacks last year. I mean, they, there's mm-hmm. a team there, but Brady's got to bring the intensity, and I think he is because I think he knows he has to prove I'm Brady. I'm a winner without Belichick. You know, I could do this without the crafts behind me or Belichick behind me. or Because he – I mean, and that's the thing. Belichick, he knows how to make players. You take – you take – you try to find a Julie Edelman or a Danny Amendola or a Wes Welker or somebody and just throw them on a team balls with them. It's hard to do. And they you know. they've done that. You've seen some of the receivers that played after they played with Brady, and you don't hear anything about them. Like you yeah. hear their value when they first came off. And obviously they would have like that first or second game good. And then it's just like, who? Like, where are you? Like you had this such a good year in New England. Why did you come here and you basically are not even mentioned? Anymore? Like, yeah. you're just like, oh, man, you should have saw when he played with this guy. Yeah. I, you forget and you lose him and you don't even know where, like, Danny Amendola, I forgot he was at Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like, I forgot he done with mm-hmm. uh, Welker got lucky. I think Welker, Welker was a curse, though, because the two years he played for Brady, or the years he played for Brady, the two Super Bowls they went to, they lost both of them. He went to Denver. He played with Peyton. The year he went to the Super Bowl, he lost it. Now, Westbrook was a hellacious slot receiver, 
but he's a curse because you go to the Super Bowl with West, you're going to lose. <laughs> That's a downfall to having Walker on the team. But I mean, and like you said, it's Belichick knows how to create a team, and Belichick he chips at you, he he adds, he he pisses you off because uh-huh. he wants he's the not, best guys. Yeah, he's not driving. You know, he's not bombing it down the field. You know, he's not taking. He's he's not. I don't even think he would take Patrick Mahomes because he's too flashy for him. He wants a pocket quarterback uh-huh. to stay in the pocket and throw them five to ten yard slants and then have that one bomb down the field, and it works. I mean, it, it it's proven. It's a proven fact it works, and uh-huh. it's hard to do that. But what you think about your boy buying the XFL, man? <laughs> I think it's the smartest thing right now. I mean, people are back and forth on this right now because they're like, well, it did okay. People are going to want to see football. People are going to want to see sports go on right now. I don't think there's going to be a care of who's on the field or what. They're just going to want to be like, like how we said something now about sports now. Sports have been so – wishy-washy for over the last four years and it's like we've lost so much visual to stuff and in reality man the rock knows the game oh, the rock has yeah. been there this is something i think the rock took very good pride in because like he said in his past he wanted to be in the nfl this is this is something that he wanted a long time ago like the rock was told hey you suck go home like, that's it. And thank goodness that he went and did professional work, which is the which blows my mind. He went from playing from the University of Miami, barely getting to play at the University of Miami. Let's add that part because I have actually researched a lot of that. Rock really didn't even play when he was at the University of Miami. And, uh, and then hear about him playing in the Canadian League and going, you're just not making it, dude. 280 pounds, 280 yeah. pounds, and you basically told you suck, go home. It all, I mean, obviously worked in his favor, though. Exactly, like it's crazy to believe him putting on tights and then a microphone changed the game. Yeah, from acting, everything. I I joke around all the time when I say The Rock is literally the male version of Oprah. I <laughs> I think I don't think anyone could deny this. The Rock has his own clothing line, successful, one of the highest buying guys on Under Armour. And just look at the athletes that Under Armour has. It's yeah. like, wow, he's beating them. A wrestler, an well, actor is beating yeah. Cam Newton, beating yeah. all these uh, hellacious athletes, Stephen Curry, like all these guys. Well, and it's like, you got to think, The Rock has been in it for so long also that, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, people like me included, I grew up with The Rock. I mean, it was Rock and Austin, you know what I'm saying? Bam, 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 bam. You know, you always waited for that one WrestleMania. They had three of them, but you waited for that one WrestleMania where it was Rock versus Austin because then were two guys. And The Rock, mm-hmm. you know, when he was on a mic, you listen. He just, I seen a thing where uh, Chris showed emotion. Yeah, this is, Chris Jericho came out and he said everybody that went against The Rock was fighting an uphill battle just because of The Rock's mic skills. He will put you down uh-huh. before you even step out the gorilla position. Like he's going to annihilate you. 
And once he annihilates you on the mic, his athletic part's going to come out and he's going to annihilate you in the ring. And mm-hmm. The Rock was – The Rock is probably – I'll say I, even more than Austin, the only one I think the Rock, that beats The Rock and putting people over was The Undertaker because, you know, mm-hmm. Taker cared about the WWE and the WWF. Like, he cared about it. Um, so did Austin and all of them, but uh, The Rock will put you over in a heartbeat just because – he has the fans eating out of his hand. And once he starts a rival with you, whether it be when he did it with Kurt Angle or whether when he did it with uh-huh. uh, Jericho or any of other superstars. That one, For example, already, Brock Lesnar. Brock exactly. Lesnar, he, he put the title on Brock, and Brock did not even want it. Yeah. Brock believed that he was not ready. And they told him, you got it. Like, I've gotten the – I know we're way off subject on this now, but I have gotten the – Thing about who's the goat of wrestling as a fan wise entertainer you can't not put the rock in the top three you cannot seriously tell me the rock in my opinion i believe he was better than stone cold because like how you just said when you hear the backstory now i don't believe everyone would have been so high on stone cold steve austin as that how they were back then because it's just like wow like yeah. Like, when you hear all these podcasts and stuff, like, I've been in wrestling for a long time, and, and when I've been told, it's like, Austin was very hard to work with. And, I mean, it's understandable because you put so much time in, and, like, like how he said, when he first was a wrestler, he was putting guys over. He was doing this, and then when he got to be that chance, it was just like, hey, Stone Cold, how you feel about doing this spot with a girl? He goes, hell no, because that's going to ruin my gimmick. Like, that yeah. just ruins him. And, I mean, in a way, I feel like that's what made him a great character as well. But like how you said, man, The Rock was a guy. Even now, outside of wrestling, you still hear about him. You still yeah. see how much he's changed. Like The Rock is is like is like Chris Jericho. I really put those two together because they adapt to everything that's going on. Like exactly. Chris Jericho. Wrestler, professional wrestler, Chris Jericho, a musician, a singer, multi-platinum singer, uh, major band nominee winners, like millions and millions of hits on Fozzie. Like, I'm very – I I love Fozzie's music. And it's crazy to believe, like, with The Rock. Movies. Like, I've heard the people go, oh, man, The Rock plays in basic, uh, basic films and he plays in just particular roles as big muscular guy. What do you expect him not to play at? Like, yeah. really, like, The but, Rock, when he started as his acting career, it was really bad. Even this is coming from a diehard Rock fan. Like, I literally, half of my paychecks have been going to his Project Rock merchandise for when it began. Like, I'm not even going to sit here and sugarcoat this stuff. But when it came to the rundown and stuff like that, it was different. It, it showed you a different side of character of him because you're so used to this smash mouth badass people's champ that literally is just going in there talk his talk and walk the walk that what he says and lay it and beat everyone that he goes near and then when you see him in this movie playing as a comedy guy or watching a monkey hump him and stuff like this it just shows a different a different side and that tells you that he goes through different different looks to make make a great film i mean 
And that's the same thing was uh, any, and it's even Stone Cold. Obviously, Stone Cold wasn't like a movie, but it and it did not pan out. But I mean, he the, the between them three with Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho's went off into AEW, so he got into the business. Rock, he's out there for XFL, he's in the business. Stone Cold, you know, he's making podcasts at the podcast. He's got the Broken Skull Ranch, and you know, he's still got his toes in the water with wrestling. But you can see all of them evolve over time because remember. You remember when Stone Cold, he was, you know, anti getting told what to do with Vince McMahon, you know, he beat uh-huh. his boss up and everybody loved that. But then, what was it, 2000 WrestleMania or 2001 WrestleMania when uh, Austin went heel and went with corporate, then the comedian, comedic side of Austin arose, you know, when he was laughing backstage and like, like the biggest one he's seen is when he's, you know, they were sitting there talking and, uh, he starts mocking like Undertaker and he slaps Kane or whatever. And it's just a big, you can see them all progress and they have to, but the thing I don't like about it. And like, I haven't watched wrestling in quite a while, but uh, the wrestling right now, I, obviously they have to go away from K-Fab, K-Fab and obviously they know that it's, not real. It's all scripted and stuff like that. But right now, it's too scripted. Like uh-huh. when it was Rock, Austin, Jericho, Kane, all these you know big big names. You you could tell it was scripted the wrestling part, but majority of their lines was you know on the spot. It was based off a character. It was based off of a gimmick. And when you watch, if you watch the network now, when you watch the nineties. And we talk about the attitude there, like there's no tomorrow. You watch these matches, they don't go more than five minutes. Most yeah. of the matches, your your opening match and your main event would be the main matches that you watch. And obviously, when you watch The Rock and Stone Cold, you would see those guys obviously get one or two stunners. There's something that will find a way for the match to keep going. But yeah. now we've got these matches – which, which this this angers me to this day on some of this stuff because the wrestlers now I feel like are way better than what they used to be back then. Uh, way more athletic. They're way more athletic. Way more everything. They got all of this. But as a character standpoint, they are terrible at telling a story in some ways because I feel like they want to do so many flips. They want to do so many. Like right. when, when you see a spine buster, like with Arn Anderson or whatever, you knew that was the end of the match. You knew yeah. there was no way somebody was going to be able to kick out. Now we're exactly. doing spine busters in the very opening of a match. And, and it's just like – And like a super kick. It destroys the value. Yeah, and a super kick, like Shawn Michaels super kick or Rikishi super kick, like it was it was a crowning moment in the match. Now it's mm-hmm. just – It's an opening. It's, it's just yeah, a spot it's a, now. It's a and shoot. It's like – It's terrible. I mean – it's like when, like when we sit here, and, like I've had this debate with so many people. I, I'll be honest with you, I'm still a WWE guy. Do I watch it all the time now? No, because it's just like I want to watch the pay per views and really know what's going on. And it's right. really hard to watch these shows without fans because I'm so used to now with that type of base, whatever. If we sat here and said the attitude error, if they went into what this generation is having to deal with right now with no fans in the stands. I don't think the Attitude Era would do that well because they were no. so based off of emotion. They were so based off of energy in the crowd. Uh, Stone yeah, Cold had- Steve Austin, here's a great example. 
he did an opening for camp or whatever. And when he got into his character, he was, he, and I, I heard it on one of his podcasts, he said he was so thrown off because when he was sitting here and say, hell yeah, it was just an echo in the room because yeah. it was just like, oh yeah, I forgot. There's nobody here. And, uh, but in a way, the, the attitude error would still would be able to go well with the no fans in the stands because it was a gimmick. They were their character. They were literally telling a story. Like, if you were and going to... And that's what you watched it for. You didn't really watch mm-hmm. it. For, you didn't watch it for the matches because you knew The Rock was a hellacious, you know, actor, but or a wrestler. And all these, and of course, all of them were, but you watched it for the opening. You know, you watched mm-hmm. it to see what happened Thursday. How's it going to transpire to Monday? And then yeah. you turn, you tune in just to listen to what, what happened. And you watch that rival unfold. And then, you know, like, and a lot of people hate him. I hate him. But Triple H is probably one of the best heels. To I ever, will say that to this day. Triple H is probably the greatest heel of all because time in wrestling. Other than you just being, couldn't stop hating him. You could not. You yeah. literally watched the show to find out who could beat Triple H. When they did that storyline with Triple H and DX, when Stephanie McMahon and him just took over, you literally were just like, who's going to be that person to stop them? Like, Every show, you were just like anxious waiting, like, oh, yeah, who's taking the title from Triple H? Who's going to do this? And now it's just like, you. this is just like, okay, who cares now? And that's the sad part. Heels are getting more pops than a, in a face. And, 100%. And, and that's one thing I feel like that's decreasing the value on this is because the baby faces are assuming that fans should just love them because they're a good guy. And yeah. that is not the case. And, uh, and the the only ones that were able to pull that off, that was, you know, you know, was, you know that was one big one. Yeah. I mean, and, for a guy to get booed out of a building and still not change your character, I had yeah. the utmost respect for it Because yeah. I was a huge John Cena fan. And I'll be honest, when he faced The Rock, I still believe their rivalry was so good just because they really did not like each other. They really had a very big issue being in the same ring together. But yeah, for because, them to show the business that they love, this is how you know they love the business. When they could both go in the ring knowing they want to rip each other's throats out as a real fight, not as a wrestling match, not as a stage action, whatever, a real fight. And they could still go in there and not have any confrontation, but the fans could just read off the energy, that's yeah, where they, you know you they, are storytelling to the best that you can. And they put each other over in the midst of doing it. But like the, like I was saying, the, the only ones that could really be heel but still have that pop was Austin and Undertaker. Like them two, uh-huh. you, they could be as heel as you want them to be. They could be facing the top face like Rock or, you know, uh, any of these, you know, huge faces, and you have stone cold shattered glass hit, and that's another thing, man. Uh, that the interest music makes a big role in it too, uh-huh. because 
if you got somebody that's got a trash intro music, man, it's not going to give you that pop. But, you know, if you're sitting there, like the biggest one I remember, and I, I'm getting off topic again, but the biggest one I remember is when, remember when the coachman was putting down Eugene and Eugene was walking off. Yeah. And you ain't seen The Rock in a while because he's doing Mummy Returns or whatever. And all of a sudden you just hear, if you smell, and it just, you, you see the blue electricity. The whole building lights up, yeah. Yeah, and, and they just stand to the feet. Even to this day, like, you hear that shattered glass or you hear – it goes black and you hear that – like, you know it's it, it's about to get real. And that's what you mm-hmm. – as a kid growing up, that's what you watch. But Austin could be the biggest hill there was. Even when he went hill with Vince, you still watched him because, you know, it's it's Austin. Like, <laughs> you can't mm-hmm. stop. And the same, in the same aspect as uh, Rock, when Rock went – now the Rock was faced forever. Like I think, I don't even think the the next time he went hill was whenever he made his return and he was wearing the leather jacket and he had the helicopter flying in his entrance music and stuff. Uh-huh. That's when he came back. I loved it. I real and this is the first time I ever went for a bad guy. That's right. even the crazier part because I was always rooting for the good guy. Yeah. Even when to. Stone Cold turned heel, I I was I hated Stone Cold. I was like, yeah. you turned your back on us. Like I felt. That's I feel like that's what's wrong with wrestling and some things. And and one great example that I saw when you bring a, a guy like Edge, Edge comes back from that neck injury. This is the first time I felt real wrestling again is when Edge came back for the Royal Rumble. When right. Edge came back for that Royal Rumble, that entire building changed. You don't even care who won the Rumble. You don't care what. That just won you over for the entire pay-per-view. Even if it was the worst show ever, you would have said that was the best show you've watched in a long time. Right. Just because same, of that. In the same instance, it's, that's what's killing WWE also is because these guys are getting old, man. Like, Edge is uh-huh. getting old. Goldberg's getting old. Uh, they brought him back. Taker, is it going to be his last ride? We don't know because it's just Taker. But Vince – keeps having to go back because he knows that where he's at he like, the draws. like they 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 killed Roman Reigns' character. Like Roman Reigns sucks on the mic. Don't get me wrong. But I, I I'm, my biggest thing on with Roman, uh when they tested him with John Cena, you saw a different Roman Reigns. You right. saw the handoff. You saw basically the silver platter that everyone was talking about. You could see it. You could see that Roman Reigns really thought that guys literally had to make him look big. Like, guys literally, as a Mike standpoint, when he got to go against Cena, Cena let him have it. Cena was off script. Cena was literally telling him, like, look, man, if y'all want me gone, you have to step up. And I... I really thought it, it delivered. Uh, did the match go as well as I wanted? No, because in my honest opinion, you don't do a finisher unless it's your your last. Right. You and don't. See, you don't do. That's just not. It, 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 that's wrestling has gotten so bad now. It's, which coming from a guy that does the indies, and I've now been quit from wrestling for two years. I was so strict on the old school type. Like, we had I remember wrestling yeah. matches where you can win a school, win off of a schoolboy, and the fans just lose it because that they've never seen it before. 
Now we're going to 19 schoolboys, 14 drop downs, four drop kicks, a DDT. Oh yeah, that's the opening of a match. Like, what what story did you tell with this? And, and it's not, even and with it's the AEW grades now, I've watched some of their shows, and it's just like they're just like the WWE, except just fresher talent. Right. Obviously, there are right. more gimmicks being used in that. And and I've got numerous friends going, oh, man, did you watch AEW? They're so much better than WWE. Like, they knocked off the little fight club thing what Raw was doing. And yeah, I, told people, I was like, yeah. I was like, honestly, it was good. It was something new. It was something flavorful. Uh, you didn't expect it off the get-go. And, uh, and I told people, seriously, if AEW would have had that idea, that would have been the best thing ever because they're AEW fans now. Like, yeah. they've changed. I mean, it's, it's crazy it's just, to believe. It's hard to go against WWE just because of what they have accomplished. It's WWE. It's yeah. the machine. It's, it's, That's the, like, it's the pinnacle of wrestling. Yeah, one of, like, one of my favorite wrestlers ever was RVD. Like, he was just athletic as all get out. Like, he, he had, like, the crazy moves, you know, and he was a different kind of wrestler. Then he goes off, I guess, what was it, TNA. And uh-huh. you just really don't hear anything from him anymore. And I mean, I've seen a couple of things, what he's doing, but it's just WWE. <laughs> it's has, not the RVD. <laughs> it's not the RVD you remember. This <laughs> man has the resources that he has, the uh, audience, he has everything to put you over. And right now where he's at, he has the most, he has the most athletic cast he's ever had. But he's uh-huh. telling in the story aspect. There's nothing to go on anymore. It's who's wrestling who. Oh, it's just a match. Oh, they don't have no back history. Uh-huh. And you go back to, you know, Angle, like the, the that big thing going on with it was Angle and Rock and Triple H and Stone Cold and Undertaker and the Hell in a Cell. You're like, holy shit. Like, this is the biggest match. Of, this is bigger than WrestleMania. Like, this is. And the match wasn't even that good. It right. was the craziest right. thing that match wasn't even good, but they did so little in the match. But it was something meaningful, like when Undertaker threw Rikishi off that truck. Exactly, off the cell, oh. you were just blown away. Yeah. And that's like with Mick Foley getting thrown off the Hell in a Cell. Undertaker literally tells you to this day, he still don't know why Mick Foley did it, but in a way, because the match sucked. Their match uh-huh. was not that great, but with that. That took the fans. That was like, oh, we love this thing now because this guy just literally put his body into everything. He could have dang near died going that spot in because it wasn't planned. Like, that was not a planned spot at all. But But we still talk about it till this day. Yeah, because that put Taker and it put Foley way over. You know what I'm saying? Uh Like, You've seen that, and that's a highlight you're going to see today. Like, there's there's no hot in that. You know what I'm saying? And when you got them big moments, like like Kurt Angle doing the backflip off the Hell in a Cell and laying it straight on the mat, or Rikishi falling from the Hell in a Cell, that's what you remember. You don't remember, like, if you go watch the Taker-Mankind match, it's drawn out. It was, it was drawn out. There was no really actions. And then the two things you remember is – Foley falling off through the table. Actually, three things. Foley falling through the table. Foley falling through the ceiling. And then Foley going on the thumbtacks. And that's what you – and the the image of Foley on the bottom turnbuckle with his damn tooth hanging from his mouth. Like, 
that's what you remember from that match. Not the now nowadays. And that's what I say. Do you, do you remember the super kick from Shawn Michaels? I think it was, uh, I think it was Shelton. Oh, Bill. Yeah. Or he slingshot. Oh yes. Yeah. I try to yeah. do We try to recreate that spot in one of the shows I did. And, uh, I kind of overextended on it, but I mean, you cannot, you cannot redo that spot. That spot was so pure. And, and, and one thing that amazes me with that is how much impact he took on that. Like, he could have been knocked out from that spot. But, like how you said, man, Shawn Michaels, he had very good storytelling with his matches. Uh, wrestling for the longest time was known for the bigger guys, was known for the guys to, like, the Hogan's, the Steiner's, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But when we got the small guys like Shawn Michaels really opening up a new outlook for wrestling, and I remember this a long time ago on a podcast, was they said when the really real reason when wrestling started losing what wrestling used to be is when we took it, when we gave it to the little guys, is because now we don't have anything new to do. Because when you had somebody that was 300 pounds to gorilla press somebody, you would still know a meaning to it if it was done to this day. Now, if you got a bunch of little guys at the time, and it's just like, all right, we've already seen this. What do you got new? You have to basically kill yourself just to get a pop in the match. And it's sad. I mean, and if that, you just did everything based off your character, it'd make it so much more believable. It wouldn't yeah. look even easily projected. If you watch some of my old matches when I wrestled, I had so much feeling in my matches. When you watch a match between me and Les Fortune, I love saying an example between me and him. You could feel a vibe between me and him before we even locked up. Like the fans knew we absolutely did not like each other. And, uh, and I that's feel what, like we need to find that vibe. Like you have to tell a story to where you don't have to do so much and the fans still go, wow, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be awesome. And also in the same instance, Back then, they did a lot more as of outside of the ring, too. You got to remember, mm-hmm. Austin, he has, like, 80 different licenses for, like, bulldozers, forklifts, and all that. And then, like, when Rock and uh, Rock and Austin was on the bridge and he threw the belt over and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, And that's, that's one thing I will give Russo credit for is that his riding mm-hmm. outside of – matches was pretty damn good like when it came to it made it made the attitude era i like mean my- i don't give vince russo a lot of credit because russo had a really weird mind i listened yeah. to a former podcast with him with stone cold talking yeah. about what yeah. wrestling's missing and i mean if you think about it now if they did hire russo back i feel like wwe would be what wwe was back then because yeah. he knows how to tell a story is yeah. it the best mindset that he always does? No. No. But he knows how to get a feeling out of crowd. And when, I, when I was a kid, I watched the uh, – one, one of the biggest memories I had was when, you know, Rock and Austin had that rival with NWO. NWO comes in uh-huh. – it was Rock and Hogan. It was Austin and uh, Scott Hall. And I remember them beating Rock, throwing him into the ambulance. And as a kid – you know, you're sitting, you're crying. 
and they hit the ambulance with the semi trailer and you're just like he's dead like you know it uh-huh. but you sold on it because the rock was out for a week or a couple of weeks whatever and then all of a sudden you hear his music and he comes like austin's getting beat in the ring and and that's another thing i'll have is a lot of run-ins like that that gets you over even more but you're sitting there Rock Austin's getting social media is really killing it too, though. Because, like, say, say, like, how you're saying that right now is when Shane McMahon was on Raw this weekend, I meant Monday, it would have been so much more meaningful if they did not announce it on social media. If you didn't have wrestle, wrestling backstory.com or something like that go, oh, they're about to form this new faction. And, and it's, if they don't have it yet, don't say nothing, let it happen. Let it be something to be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Type scenario. That's yeah, like some you, people with, I mean, with anything. Like you don't want to, you don't want to watch something if you already know the outcome. Right. It's like you don't want to watch a rerun of like a Super Bowl or something because you know who won. And mm-hmm. uh, but that's the thing. Like you know, Austin's gonna be the ring, and you hear Rock's music go off, and you're just you know, as a kid or even even older, you're just you, you get excited about it, and then. Like when it was, you know, even I even like the uh, the draft that they had, you know, Raw versus SmackDown. Mm-hmm. They had that That's something new, right? It was something that it brought your attention to something else. And then they came up with the games, SmackDown versus Raw, and then you know you bought on that, and you just have a a huge storyline that is just in motion the whole time. And I, I think that's what wrestling's missing right now. And they have the athletic ability to make it good, but it's just the, the story and everything. Like, I don't know if it's Triple H to focus on NXT or what it is, but the, um, go shut the door. The, uh, the storylines ain't there like it used to be. And, you know, as a fan, especially me as a fan, that's what you, th- even the uh, Ruthless Aggression uh, era, like, they were really good. Yeah, that's – I mean, and you, they still kept with the storylines. And now, like, I, I listened to the Stone Cold Vince McMahon podcast he had, and, you know, Vince even told you, he's like, we're catering to millennials right now, and, you know, this is what millennials want. But you also have a fan base that's, that's dire need of, you know, that backstory. And, that's and like, the, one of the latest stories they had – and. You there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, but uh, one thing I want to, I, I'm gonna tell you right now, dude. We are definitely going to do a part two. Uh, we have now been at for an hour and eight minutes. But um, I want you to keep that subject you were talking about now, and we're going to definitely do a part two. Uh, I really I really like the subject that we're talking on. That's why I was just like, uh, I don't really want to cut us off. But yeah, I'm kind of getting the beeping right now. It's like, hey, it's time to cut it off. Not but uh, Thomas, I appreciate you doing this with me today. Ain't no uh, problem. We had a blast with this rambling. And uh, and I'm pretty sure, knowing that I'm a former professional wrestler, knowing that I have a lot of people <laughs> that are 
really having a lifestyle in wrestling would love to have this conversation. Would love to hear about this conversation. So mark the calendar for part two, folks, because it's going to be fun. All right, man. It's been good talking to you. All right, man. Thank you. All right, bud. All right. I know people go to gyms day in and day out trying to find a way to get in shape. They also told by personal trainers to lose weight as they be on the treadmill. You do that for so much and they don't get the results. If you are the person that I am describing, go check out Vector Fit. I mean, is check out Thomas Hatton. He is a trained personal trainer. He is a nutritionist. He writes down your workout plans. He gets you the result that you are needing. And even better, guys, I know we have that hard word that's the word dieting. And let me tell you, he brings a whole different level to that word. It is not just you not eat cake, you don't eat anything. No, he brings out what you really need for your body. He puts a training program specifically for your body. So check out Vector Fit at Facebook at Vector Fit. You can also check him out on Instagram at Vector Fit. Um, and also, if you need to, if you're not really fond of social media, you can also call him at 904-548-8479. That is 904-548-8479. That is Vector Fit in Yuley, Florida area. Thomas Hatton, y'all. So, if y'all want to change your body, hit him up. Alright, time to get the go-home cue. First and foremost, I'd like to thank Thomas Aarons for joining me today. And man, whew, I did not want to cut it off. I'm telling you all that now, guys. I did not want to hit that end button on that chat because that was such a good chat. I know we were off topic a lot, but let me tell you something. I, I listened to it a little bit ago, and man, one thing I realized what we did, guys, even though we went off topic of what we were talking about, we told a story about how we believe wrestling is now how we believe what wrestling needs to have now and man it was such a good thing and i'm telling y'all now next week i will be publishing part two of my chat with thomas aarons where we're going to finish the talk about wwe we're going to finish talking about the professional wrestling aspect uh this one was basically just talking about sports get something going and obviously we got carried away at the very end to talk about professional wrestling. i'll be talking about wwe and i mean I have no regrets on that because that was absolutely a great chat. It was also a great time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we had some great, great learning experiences as well when it comes to the, talking about the sports, the playoffs, all that, man. It was it was just really cool to do. And I really wish college football would take that step and just let these guys play like a March Madness thing. That's all I've been asking for for so long. I know when we got this playoffs idea, they started with four teams. Now they started at eight. I really wish one month, even after all this COVID mess is done, one month we do straight college football games, play them like a March Madness. And I'm telling you right now, we would never, ever be able to easily project who's going to win the national championship in college football. I'm telling you that right now. That's one reason why March Madness is so big in college basketball is because you can never project what happens. So, I mean, it, it, 
I really wish they would do it. I mean, it would be amazing in so many ways, and I feel like the money would definitely be there. It would be, they would definitely just do really well. I feel like they would really get more advertisers that way and make somebody anxious just for that month. But I hope everyone enjoyed our episode today. I hope we didn't bore y'all. I hope everyone has a great weekend. And just let's finish it off like we always do. I hope everyone washes his hands. Stay safe. Stay clean. Do what you got. Do what you need to do. Protect what you own. And I will be back when I have more down the road. Later. To being the new member of the Rasp Rebellion, I want everyone to go to the website repsports, R-E-P-P, sports.com. And get 15% off on your first purchase if you do the promo code AP2420. And you have to type in the capital letters of AP2420. And like I said, you get 15% off. I know with the hard times in quarantine, honestly, supplements are going to be the best way to go. They've got BCAs. They have the energy drinks. They have pre-workouts, whey proteins and stuff. I would love everyone to go to Rep Sports dot com to get and use the promo code AP2420 which is capital letters AP2420 to get 15% off on your first purchase. Thank y'all.